God damn it. What's up? I fucking hate Skype. <laughs> Yeah, but it does make this shit very easy. Oh, well. You know. <laughs> Doesn't mean it works good. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I, I logged on, and I was all ready, and all of a sudden the whole thing went black, and then you messaged me and said I was offline, and I was like, okay, and then it just went away. <laughs> it's like, I guess, I guess we're giving up today. Ugh. Uh, you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah, so of course, like, we figured out that shit, and then the call drops. So then when when she called me back, she sounded bad again, but I was like, well, the recording was fine before. Well, of course, now then it picks up the fucking bad audio from her. Yeah. So I was like, god fucking damn it. I mean, it still works. You can, yeah. you know, it's fine, but it annoys me when whenever shit like that happens. Yeah, well, my fucking thing went over the laptop microphone last week, so I can't say anything. Yeah. All right. <sighs> I am good whenever you are. What? Uh, brewers. Oh. <sighs> All right. Have you ever uh, donated plasma? No. No. I do it on and off. Yeah. And, uh, fuck off, Java. Um, and the chick today proceeded uh. to uh, slam the needle straight through my vein. Oh, nice. out the other side. So, I got... Jesus Christ. see it. Yeah. Nice, nice. fucking marks all along the thing there. Jesus. That was nice of her. So then I had to use my other arm to finish my, so I can get my twenty bucks. Ah. But yeah, that pissed me off. Jesus. Yeah. Oh well. All right. I have my notes. All right. In three, two, one. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pull out your cocks. It's time. For NXT Revisited. I'm talking to you ladies. This week, I return to the show that I have abandoned multiple times. But with me, the man who continues to be here, despite his better judgment, Jason is here. 
And I was not aware that uh, Chicks with Dicks was a demographic we were big with, but that's good to know. Yeah, well, man, we're we're an all-inclusive, offensive podcast network. Run, rundown Club is for everyone. That's right. Definitely. Whether you got a dick, or had a dick. Or want a dick. Or want a dick. That's, that's In which much. case, call us. Yeah. We can hook you up. I, got, I know some people. So we start the final show in this round of tapings with a promo for the newly signed Kushida. Now, Kushida appeared at TakeOver in the crowd, and he will be doing his very first match uh, in NXT tonight against Fat Fuck Cassius <laughs> But before we get into that, um, off-brand Imperium and Humberto Carrillo take on the Forgotten Sons. So, of course, that's uh, Danny Burch and Only Lorcan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or the, the EU, the European Union. There you go. Teaming up with, uh, is he Mexican? I believe so. Yeah, with, with a Mexican. So they're all over the place, but the Forgotten Sons are all American, baby. Uh, so, did, did you catch that Ni- Nigel made it a point to ta- say that Umberto was very attractive? Yeah, he, he, he couldn't. That's a little weird. He Just, couldn't get that line out fast enough. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely horny for Umberto. That's what oh, I got out of that. Gosh, man. He, yeah, I mean, he's very attractive. Yeah, it was like the Korea. first thing he said, and totally just un, yeah. just off the top of like no, no pretense to it, just fucking yeah. there. Nobody was like Jackson Riker's looking sexy, and he's like, yeah, but Alberto Cabrillo really does it for me. Yeah, uh, I want to swallow his children. Um, perhaps perhaps <laughs> now we know why Jeff can't get a, a group jerk off session over Maria Canales with him. That that could be, man. It's, I mean, it's possible. There, there, are plenty of, there are plenty of big, strong boys over the European uh, NXT, though. So it is very, very true. Yeah, uh, it was thought it was funny though. As, as all six of these guys are standing in the ring before we get the first bell, I looked, I looked, and looked around. And I'm like, this might be the least interesting six man tag match in the history of professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> it it sort of reminds me of you know when i first started watching wrestling back in like the the early 90s this is when you make me feel old again go ahead uh-huh <laughs> every once in a great while you would get like a tag team and they would be regulars but you would just be like they're so generic like they they're just out there in like normal pants and don't really care. You know they're never gonna sniff the title picture, but they're a tag team. They're there, and I know why they're there because somebody's got to make the other guys look good. You have an entire match of enhancement talent going at it. So yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Other than maybe Cabrillo, because Cabrillo def- they definitely have some some feelings for uh, Nigel. Sure does, uh, but yeah, I mean. But they really need to decide. Either Umberto's 205 Live or he's NXT. This is like every week he's fucking floating between the two. He's teaming with Oni Lorcan, who's also in 205 I know, Live. I know, I know, <laughs> so, but nobody cares about him. Yeah, I, I know. And he's a Boston guy, and I like him, but I mean, they've done, yeah. I mean, there's nothing there with him at this point on this roster. They've just made him generic. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Although he did try to stand out this week because he had blue boots and blue knee pads, which was a very strange look for him at this point, just out of nowhere. Yeah, especially with with his black trunks. Still. Yeah, with like with Stone Cold, it worked 
where he just wrestled in black trunks because it was like, yeah, he doesn't give a fuck, you know? But with these guys, it's just like, do something. Like, do do something different with your trunks instead of just, like... Like, this is, like, the, the generic outfit that they have in wrestling games. Like, yeah. you gotta, you well, gotta add some layers to it. Because <laughs> there was a spot in this match where Birch was, like, standing by himself and all three of them are surrounding him. So there's a lot of close-ups on Birch. And I took the note that... Birch looks like create a wrestler before you do any customization. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. this is the template. Yeah. <laughs> Blank, generic, bald wrestler guy. Oh, my gosh. There also was a part, a point in this match where um, uh, Nigel gets the two of them confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah Cause, that happened. Because, yeah, like, the, he's like, an already staying up on the on the ring ape. Birch tags in. It's like, yep, you got that one wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I have like two notes on the actual match because yeah. it was mostly just talking about how generic and, and memorable these guys have been. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one cool spot I liked where they had Carrillo draped across his throat, draped across the rope, and uh, Cutler hip tossed Blake onto the back of Carrillo. Yeah. That was kind of cool. I didn't see. I don't remember seeing that before. So yeah. I, I did pop a little bit for that one. Yeah, I also enjoyed the 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 misdirection with the Tope Suicido, where they they shoved um, one of the Forgotten Sons out of the way so that Korea would hit uh, one of the EU guys. Uh, I couldn't tell them part of it. Uh, yeah, you can't make fun of them by giving them the name of an actual tag team because it's just going to confuse people. They're not. They're not EU. No, that's uh, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. Well, now they're Imperium. <laughs> right, but they're as a team, they're EU. As a group, they're Imperium. Okay. Well, then what are these two guys' names? <laughs> one and two, I think. It does seem that's one and two. Oh, yeah, there, that was another thing, too. Oh, like, or or as, uh, as Adam would say, what is it, Blurch? Yeah, whatever. It's Adam's <laughs> dumb jokes. Um <laughs> When Carrillo entered into to the match to begin with, um, he tried to do like a high five to them, and yeah. Marty Larkin raised up his one finger and like yeah. hit him, and then Birch did the two and hit him, and you could see Carrillo's just like, the fuck was that dude? <laughs> like, he I would was have, so if I was Carrillo, I'd have stopped and held it at three. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. The other thing that I, I really enjoyed was the the Polish hammer. Um, that that looked really fucking good uh, from Riker. He uh, he knocked Korea out of the air with it, so I I liked that. Uh, the ending of this match was pretty much just a numbers game, uh, you know. Oh my right. god, worst finish ever for like worst three man finish I've ever seen. This was the worst fucking finishing move. Yeah. So if you, oh my god, if you haven't seen it, Riker grabs uh, both members of Birch and Lorcan and puts them into. Uh, I guess reverse DDT. Uh, yeah, and then the other two members of the Forgotten Sons just sort of like jump off the top ropes and do one single foot. No, stomp. no, the second rope, second, second rope, rope yep, on the sorry, inside, second rope, second rope on the inside, yep, and just do foot stomps to them, and it's yep. like to their stomachs. That's it. And it's, they don't even go all the way down. It's like they, they just glance off of them, and they just Riker, Riker doesn't even go down with them and like slam their heads or anything. He just drops them. He drops. He drops them, and they get yeah. They just get. It is so. This funny. is really no more effective than a kick in the gut. <laughs> right. This is their finisher, basically. Yeah. Oh my god. It was awful. And it took so much time to set up too. 
I know, right? Like, Riker had a, a really fucking hard time of getting them both into position. Yeah. Thankful. That can happen with a threesome, though. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Um, you know, you, you don't always know where to stick things, and, you know, you don't mm-hmm. always know whose turn it is, that kind of thing. Uh, so, unless you have anything else to say about that match. No, not at all. I'm out of here. to read either. We head to the back as Jugs McKenzie is able to catch up with Shayna and the girls. Kathy Kelly. That was Kathy Kelly? That was Kathy Kelly. She had some fantastic tits on display. Hey, check out her Instagram, dude. I'm sh- I, I will after this. Because <laughs> if you tell me to do it right now, there's going to be awkward silences and weird noises in the background. <laughs> Uh, so no, she that would be different from every other week. How? And that's true. Uh, she asked Shayna about uh, uh, beating the shit out of Kyrie Sane at Io Shirai. Uh, Shayna just kind of laughs her off, and then she's like, "Well, what about the fact that she pinned you and you haven't pinned her?" Which is kind of a dick move for an interviewer, <laughs> but sure. Uh, but Shayna, in perfect Shayna fashion, just knocks the mic out of her hand and walks away. So. I, you know, you can say what you want about Shayna in ring, and some people are not fans of her in ring work, and that's fine. I get that. I personally like it, but I get that some people don't. You cannot argue with the character work Shayna Baszler does as like the bully of the women's There's, division. Fantastic. I, I I don't believe that she could play a face, but she doesn't have to because right. she could be healed the rest of her career, and that would be fine because she is exactly. so fucking good at it. Yeah, she really channels that like fourteen year old. My daddy was a boxer, like schoolyard bully, yep. and it's amazing. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, then we go from there to Bianca and Mia arguing at the PC. Oh my god, this was like the most passive aggressive fight hmm. ever. Like, you can't. First off, you can't even hear it very well because they're so fucking far away. But what you can hear is things like. Oh, well, I hope you're having a good day. Well, I'm having a great day. Well, we should just, like, why, why don't we maybe just fight? Well, we could probably fight. All right. Well, how's your day going? My day's going great. How's your training? Oh, it's awesome, because I'm awesome at training. Like, it was just like that <laughs> shit. I'm like, dude, really? Yeah. This is how you build a match? Shit, this is below NXT. Yeah. So, I will say this. Um using the performance center for for these sort of things is a breath of fresh air in my opinion it because is but we're we're getting to the point of doing it too. we just did it with lee and dijak too yeah. not long ago and nothing came of that <laughs> yeah and the iconics used to do it all the time yeah. like I, I it is cool because it's visually different i totally get what you're saying there mm-hmm. but i worry that it that using it for shit like this that is totally nonsense there was no physicality here no. there was nothing right and i feel like using that sort of trump card for that type of interaction is a waste of it sure no i understand you on that one um just, for me like i said like you said i i just enjoy it whenever they go to different areas um and and it makes sense for the camera to be there because they have the youtube channel so it's like oh right. this actually makes sense why they're able to catch this fight going on right <laughs> you know which Where, begs the question did you check out the wwe pc's youtube page now no i haven't had time. okay fuck I'm, you all you I'm all kidding. suck you're missing out i'm telling it's, you it's on hey at least i admit it's on my list of things to do and watch it i just haven't had a chance yet and then it's like, every, every you're time, like adam with podcasts i really um i <laughs> I have a shitload of wrestling to watch. I don't have a lot of time to watch it, so, um, so yeah. So, oh, they're gonna fight next week. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna fight next week. That was pretty much the end of it. William Regal 
was like, hey, hey, that's just enough. Stop. You saw, you saw the spoilers. Did that match actually happen? Because it didn't. I didn't see it in the ones I read. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it did. You know what? There's another match that's announced for next week later on that doesn't happen. So, <laughs> unless they had another week out of tapings here, but I thought this was the last week they had from they, that. They normally do the tapings the night of the last one. So yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe we do have another one, but that would be weird and. I don't remember this or the match that we announced later on happening at all. So yeah, uh, weird. But, yeah, because you're just like well, you're filming it right now. You think you'd be able to give a call over to production, and be like, cut that out, cut it out, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they they still they didn't cut out War Raiders and Hanson and Rowe last week, so I don't think they just gave it. I think they just don't give a shit. That's true. Our next match is White Power Dijakovic, and he <laughs> takes on Minority Mansoor. Um, okay, so first off, Mansoor comes out, and I'm instantly pissed it's not Bugenhagen. Like, of the two, Bugenhagen needs to be out here. The, the, what do we, what, like, one appearance? Get this guy out here. This fucking guy's got legs, man. They show him in the commercial for the PC. I know! And it's like, you haven't used him since. I, no. I think he's had two appearances, actually. And if you want to get Dijak over as a heel based on beating up a fucking enhancement talent... He's a more popular enhancement talent right now. Yeah. Well, and this was another one of those those enhancement talent matches where the enhancement talent gets a lot of fucking I, offense. I have that same fucking note. Yeah. <laughs> like, he yeah. especially seems to be like the formula with Dijak, and that's mm-hmm. that, all the time. I feel like we keep saying it every time he's out there that he just gives up way too much offense to the enhancement talent. Yeah. Well, um, a couple of really a couple of really good spots in this match, actually. Um, my, right my... off the top, I love that he uh, went for that same kick that he knocked the guy out with last time yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, that was a really nice touch, like a callback to that. That was cool. Yeah, um, I enjoyed Mansoor using Dijakovic's leg to to get height up on him to do the Enziguri or the Shining Wizard. <sighs> I so it was cool and different. The problem was it took me out of it so much because it's like. <laughs> Dijak's just standing there, like, while you grab your balance right. on his leg. Like, yeah, ugh, it was it was a cool spot. I like the fucking spot where Dijak picks the guy up and just fucking tosses him over the top rope to the oh floor. My God. I have that. It too. looked That's... like his knee bent in a very bad way when he landed too. Yeah. Oh, he landed straight on that fucking knee. Um, that's that's what we like to call the best of luck spot. Yeah. Because <laughs> he yeah, yeah he right? just he just jumped him. Um, was like yeah, no safety to it. Just fucking yeah. threw his ass right over the top. Yeah. The the thing that I did enjoy about this match is, even though it had a lot of rest holds, they they still were moving. Normally, yeah. normally when you got a guy in a rest hold or sleeper hold over that, you, both people are just sitting there. But with yeah. this, like as soon as he locks on like a, a chin lock chin or something lock, like yeah. that, you they're struggling back and forth and they're moving. Like that's that's more visually appealing to me than just. Uh, oh, Jesus. Oh, God, it hurts so bad. <laughs> I just felt like um, there were a lot of spots where Mansoor was kicking out of shit mm-hmm. that I feel like for Dijak's character, it would have been better if Dijak was picking him up. And that old school heel of, I'm not going to pin him yet, I'm still cocky, and I, I don't... Yeah. Like, I feel like that would have been more beneficial to Dijak's character. Although, you know, based on the spoilers... Well, it looks like we're building the one thing here, and it looks like we go in a completely different direction at the next set of tapings, too. So, yep, yep. Boy. I mean, I'm not going to get too deep. Well, obviously, we're not going to get spoilery yeah. here, but 
just it, it's weird. Uh, this whole episode, in terms of what they're telling us and showing us versus what happens coming up, is mm-hmm. a very very strange setup. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I I did like Dijakovic's, um He did like the springboard, like sp- like splash that I yeah. really liked. Um, but no I, waste of time. Right into it. I yeah, like that. Yeah. But again, a two count. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but yeah, eventually Dijakovic does hit the Feast Your Eyes. Uh, Luckily which, pulls one off over Mansoor. Yes. Thank, just just by the skin of his fucking white supremacy t- tights. Uh, so yeah. Right after that, though. and This was great. See, I didn't like this that much. Really? Alright, well, so, for, okay, so... When I say that was great, I'm talking about the, the music hits, mm-hmm. the fucking two skanks wheel out the couch. Yes, which is always and great. he's <laughs> laying on this couch with the North American title draped right across his crotch. Yep. Yep. And does the snap, the lights, the music stops. That whole presentation is great. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Then we got a sing-along, which... To me, it was rough. <laughs> it, so, yeah. So this this is what I didn't like about it was one, it was rough. Two, he wasn't he kept missing his beats. Like he wasn't singing along to the music for half of it. I well, um, I mean, again, this is one of those things where people don't understand why performers have like speakers pointed back yeah. at them while they're performing. Sometimes with the crowd getting loud and the things like it's hard mm-hmm. to hear the music around you. Right. He also completely changes the last line from what's written on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, but you know what? Credit to him for having memorized all the other shit because right. he wasn't even looking back at the screen. Yeah. Um, most of the lines I thought were kind of corny, but I did enjoy the feast your stare, your family won't care. That yeah. that got me a little bit. I was like, okay, that was kind of, that kind of saved it to me because the rest of this was kind of hot garbage for the you didn't, you, stuff. You didn't like it's all good. You forgot your white hood. I don't believe that was a line. In <laughs> but I had a, he brings up buddy. Murphy I mean, the way they're presenting the Dijak character it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if that's right. what it was. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, he brings up Buddy Murphy, and I was like, has he feuded with Buddy Murphy? No, but he beat him a couple weeks last week. Was yeah. it two weeks last week or two weeks ago? He pinned him. He was talking about guys he's beaten. Recently. No, it just was like he made fun of him by calling him a redhead. It's just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Although I would have, you know, if I were him, you did a fucking pinfall victory and took a title over the current NXT champion. I would think that would be the one you'd want to sort of brag yeah. about a little bit. Yeah. No, I'm fine with him him mentioning Matt Riddle, but yeah, yeah. your your second person you mentioned is Buddy Murphy. <laughs> okay, sure. Main roster, baby. Yeah. Hasn't actually appeared on the main roster yet, but he's he's there. We hear. Mm-hmm. It's been two weeks. He hasn't shown up, but. Yeah, well, getting that getting that sanity treatment. That's right. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, like I said, I mean, it it wasn't great the single line to me, but it's still Velveteen, and and he does a good job, and he commits to shit. So I give him. Yeah. That. And yes, anytime the skanks can roll out the the fucking sofa is fantastic. Uh, so we then get a a hype video er, hype graphic for Kushida versus Fat Fuck. And Mara starts making Back to the Future references, which anyone who doesn't know who Kushida is is really fucking confused on why he's making Back to the Future references. Also to the point where I'm like, if this motherfucker doesn't come out in a DeLorean, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, there's a lot. 
So then here we get the announcement that Adam Cole Baby will face Matt Riddle next week, which, again... Which was originally supposed to be the match at TakeOver in New York until Tommaso Ciampa got hurt. Right. This match doesn't happen next week. (laughs) Spoiler alert. I don't know. I don't know why we got this graphic. And you know that they just recently filmed it because they make a reference to Game of Thrones during it. So it's like, yeah. we just had him film this, er, record this this thing. Uh, so then we get uh, Undisputed Error promo. And it's another one of their weird, we're standing around talking to each other instead of the, the uh, camera. <sighs> A couple things here. So first off, I noticed that some of the members of Undisputed Error have little pins on their shirt. And I was trying to figure out what they represented, because Roddy and uh, Kyle both have one, and Fish has two, and Cole has none. So I couldn't figure out what the fuck they were, but they're just little pins right on top of their shirt. Yeah, so, I have no idea. Yeah, so you don't you don't know either. I'll I'll have to research that because it was it, it felt like it was there for a reason. Like they clearly put them on for it. They're little they're little undisputed era logo pins. And I was like, I couldn't figure out if the number was meant something, the number of them, or if it was just like, here's some fucking pins we're selling. You guys want to wear them? <laughs> or what? Um, but of course, uh, Adam Colbebe does make a reference to Roddy dropping the ball, and that pisses off Strong, and he fucks off. So, Yeah, it was more just exposition for the hints of hostility between the Undisputed Era. I don't um, Again, I don't know if this is going to continue. Yeah. We'll have to sort of wait and see. Um, okay, so in so the Bianca Belair Mia Yim match was taped at the last tapings, as was Matt Riddle and Adam Cole. Okay, that's that's weird that they're that they're filming today then. Yeah. So normally they wait until the final. They they have it spaced out that way. But okay, sure. Yeah. Those so those both those matches will actually happen next week. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense then. Uh, so yeah, so nothing else about it. So our main event is the debut of Kushida, and he's of course taking on NXT UK star Cassius Ohno. Question mark. <laughs> okay, so let's let's lay the groundwork here. How familiar are you with Kushida? I'm pretty familiar with him between his Ring of Honor time and New Japan time. Okay. I am not familiar at all with him. Okay. So I have seen some gifs of the shit he can do. I have not watched a full match of his. Um, and I did not know this Back to the Future character thing that he does. So I was He was confused. the time splitter, so he sort of... That was his nickname, so I think he sort of used that as a correlation to the Back to the Future Marty McFly character. Okay, because Because got... a lot of times to me he just looks like a dude that's about to go fishing. Yeah, so <laughs> he 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 definitely has like a, the red vest thing on, but it doesn't look at all like the Marty McFly vest. There's not like the shit that he's got and stuff of that. And he has uh, a watch drawn on his wrist tape, uh, and that's that's a that's about where that ends. Um, well, he had the glasses too, the Doc Brown glasses. Oh yes, from... he did. He has the Doc Brown glasses. Yep. Um, so the theme song, okay, yeah, nothing special. 
Um, okay. not, nothing terrible, though. It didn't stand oh. out to me as, like, this is fucking god-awful or like that. Of the two, Ono had the better theme song. Sadly. Um, I like Ono's theme song. <laughs> Sadly, Cassius Ono looks worse here than he has the last time I saw him. Uh, <laughs> black is not slimming on Cassius No, no. Well, here's the thing. The black looks better than some of the outfits he's had on. Fair point. Yeah, but, fair point. <laughs> but in terms of of his body shape and everything in that, yeah, not great. Like, and, and the thing is, is he's such a good wrestler that I feel like the aesthetic of the gear he chooses makes him look less menacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very, very simple fix. I mean... Long pair of trunks, I think, would do wonders for him, really, yes. I think. Well, so, like... Because the, the cellulite on the legs is so very clear. And I'm not going to body shame the dude. There are fat wrestlers, and it works for him. But it's just, it's not... It's not a menacing sort of big, like a Killian Dane, um, who's a big fat guy, but he's he just looks menacing and threatening and powerful because of his size. Oh, I mean, it was the same thing with, like, King Kong Bundy. You know, like that was another guy who has had exposed legs, but he he it looked fucking muscular and yeah, big show, like a beast. same yeah. thing. Big show's another another great example of it too. Yeah, um, and then you've got guys, you know, like Bam Bam Bigelow, who's always been a big guy, wearing full fucking you know body outfit and everything that right. still looks fucking menacing as hell. You know? The Yeti. <laughs> yep, there you go. There's a deep cut, <laughs> but that works too. Uh, you know, then you know you look at guys like Bray Wyatt and shit like that, who obviously wear shirts and pants and stuff like that. Yeah, I well, even Luke Harper is not in much better shape, but yeah, even he throws on a pair of jeans. Yeah, and he probably has the legs for it. You know, now I mean we're not talking about like Carl Anderson when he wears pants and it looks fucking weird. <laughs> you know, but yeah, definitely a pair of pants would go a long way in helping. Uh, Cash Sono, or even just like baggy shorts or something like that. Honestly, yeah. like just you, you don't like have... you, you got the basketball theme. Throw on a pair of baggy basketball shorts, you'd look even yeah, better. Exactly. Um, so I'm I'm interested in, in... Kevin, there you go, Kevin Owens. Great fucking mm-hmm. example. Yeah, great correlation there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm I'm very interested because, like I said, this was the first time I've seen a full Kushida match. This is the first time that a well, this lot... This is not the one to stand out, then. So this... Okay, so that was going to be my question. Was this a good match for a lot of people's intro to him? I don't no. think so. <laughs> no, it, uh, I, on paper, I can see what they were trying to do. They took, perhaps, their best wrestler, their best worker, one of their best workers, because mm-hmm. Chris Hero, Cassius Ono, is an amazing worker in the ring. Yeah. Um I just don't think the match was laid out particularly well, and I don't think they they meshed very well. Um, Ono's a great wrestler. He's a great striker. Kushida can strike, but striking is speed and quickness and sort of flashy moves are, are more of, of his thing. Um, it's not like putting him in the ring with somebody like Akoto Bushi, whose main feature is his striking, and then you're going to get this really fucking sick just these guys beating the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. That's not really what Kushida does. Right. Um, he can do a little bit of it because he's strong style. He's from Japan, and you know, they, they work that stiff style over there. But um, Nigel, in fact, at one point says this is a dream matchup for anyone, and I would disagree. No. I've never dreamed of seeing this match at all. No. 
Well, see, and, the crowd was hot for him, though. I'll give him that. Yeah, so the crowd was hot, obviously, because there's there's a lot of of fans in NXT and that watch NXT that watch a lot of other wrestling too. Yeah. Um, to me, the biggest thing was every time Kushida was going to do a, an impressive move, it got countered. So every like he well, there did, was one I thought that was particularly cool, and I get your point, but like at one point Kushida goes for a standing moonsault, mm-hmm. and Ono just turns it right into a cravat as he flips over, which I thought was yeah. a really cool fucking counter that I haven't right. seen before. And if that was the only counter in the match, I would have been like, yeah. "That's great." But then it was like, Kushida tries to do like the the handspring back elbow thing or whatever that, and yeah. it's fucking stopped. And I'm like, yeah. "You you're not letting this guy showcase any of like his high flying ability or his quick ability and stuff like that because yeah. there's a lot of fucking rest holds in this from both yeah. of them." And then, like, Ono dominated the match, which is never a really good fucking look for a guy who's making his debut on things. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Um, and then the, the the win, to me, felt kind of out of nowhere. And Well, and the visual we get with the main visual you take away from this is Kushida bleeding for all over from his nose because yeah. Ono busted him open with a face buster. Right. See, and... and the thing that I always look at, and fuck C.J. Parker, but we're going to talk about him. Um, Juice Robinson, whatever you want to fucking call him at this point. His, Kevin Owens' debut match was really fucking good. And Parker got a little bit of, of offense and broke fucking Owens' nose during the yeah. match. And that worked for his character really fucking well, where he, right. he's bleeding from his mouth. You're just like, he's that fucking much, much of a badass. Yeah. Like they they built up Kushida to be a little bit of a badass. Dude, look at what a broken nose. Look at what a broken nose did for fucking Becky Lynch. Right. Yeah. So yeah, but then you've got Ono yelling at him, "You don't belong here." When it's just like it's it's a white guy yelling at a Japanese guy, "You don't belong here." It's ah, uh, dude, now you're reading bit. too much into it. I know, but you know, but moreover, like. Him, him yelling at at a guy who he's beating the shit out of. You don't belong here. It's just like, well, he's kind of right then because you, you're not hanging with with Ono that much. So like, maybe you don't. I, I don't here. think Ono dominated him. I think it was a it was some back and forth to it. Um, I, I just know, like I said, like to your point though, it, it, he didn't feel special coming out of this like he should have. Right. Yeah. Most other people that we've had. You know their first matches. It's it's either been squash matches, which I'm fine with because then you, you're able to showcase the guy, or it's been against established guys who they have a really fucking good match against. You know, I mean, you know, look at like Shinsuke's uh, first match, things like that. You know, and obviously Ono's had a lot of first matches with guys coming in. Yeah, he's sort of the, the litmus test, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy that they put him with. Um, the same to me. Is like the interesting part of this is that we know at these tapings you had Buddy Murphy there, and mm-hmm. I think Murphy and Kushida would have been a far better match um, in terms of meshing their in-ring styles. Yeah. So I, I just I don't know if you, maybe you didn't want Murphy jobbing twice on the same show because he was going to lose to Dream, and that match was fantastic, so you wouldn't want to lose that. But I mean, there are a bunch of guys. I think Kyle O'Reilly mm-hmm. could have done. I think I mean. And a singles loss doesn't hurt O'Reilly because he's a tag team guy. Like, I think there are a ton of things you could have done that would have been better matchups for him than Cassius Ono. Well, even Mansoor would have been a better matchup for him. Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen would have been a good matchup for him, yeah. Because it's a guy who... Um, no, because Bugenhagen would have been more over than Kushida. You can't do that. <laughs> Probably. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was a little surprised that 
he kept the same name, um, considering that the recent trend of, of a lot of people coming over. It's actually it's been at, at this point it's been kind of back and forth on it. Well, um, I mean I'm, he's I'm he's kept it to this point. Yeah. You know, as we've learned recently, you know, names can change. Although if Vince sees him, I'm sure he'll just be Kush next week. Yeah. Well, I was gonna make the same joke with Mansoor just being man when he gets onto the main roster. So. Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so <clears throat> like I said, uh, I'm. I'm I was a little surprised that we agreed on the main event there because I was like, I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm just not seeing something that no, I. No, it was it wasn't a great matchup, and I do think they they sort of didn't they say who he was going to face next, or was that just what I read from the tapings? Probably just uh, read it from the tapings because they, they didn't mention okay. anything about who he's facing next. I, I think who he'll be facing next is a better match. I think that's going to end up being a better better. They're going to blend together better in the ring. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Well, considering how how late it was, I'm thinking that's going to be like another month before we see him. So yeah, could be. But but uh, we'll probably see vignettes or backstage stuff, or I'm sure he'll yeah. be around somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. They they got to start building him up. Right now, we don't have a takeover planned anytime soon. So. Well, there's apparently one they're making plans for at the next set of tapings, so I don't know when or yeah. where that's happening because the June one got canceled. Right. So. I'm not sure what they're going to do, um, because, yeah, we do know... Unless it's just a random, like, old-school takeover at Full Sail on a random fucking Wednesday like they used to do. I would be fine with that at this point, because you really do have to break up the weekly shows with takeovers. Because... And I think it's cool to reward the local Full Sail fans with, like, a major show instead of saying, hey, you guys are here supporting us at every single one of these fucking tapings, and all the good shit will go to New York and Phoenix and right. Philadelphia, et cetera, et cetera. You know, right. So, unless you have any other notes on nope. it, all right. <clears throat> so that'll do it for NXT Revisited. Um, I'm Troy. That's Jason. You can right now head over to RunOnWrestling.com. If you're listening to this on RunOnWrestling.com, we appreciate it. Make sure to click on the Hottest Women Tournament button right on that homepage there, and get your votes in because they close tomorrow. And, and man, what a fucking week of votes. Holy shit. It is astronomical. The amount of votes cast in this, the amount of votes cast in the tournament as a whole as well uh, has been phenomenal. We are really excited to it, and we're getting right down to the end here because that's right, tomorrow we announce the winners and we announce our Fabtastic Four. That's right, Next, the, tomorrow, Thursday, will be the first matchup in the semi-final. So I guess that means we will NXT you next week. Bye-bye.